Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Let the beauty of what you love be what you do. And that's a quote by Rumi. And today's episode is one of my short and hopefully sweet episodes on a topic. It's just kind of a fire hose of everything I can think of to share with you. And because I love what I do, I want to tell you some of the lessons I've learned over the last 40 years doing portrait photography. My last solo episode was about wedding stuff. So this is about portrait stuff. I specialized in children. If I could do nothing else photographically, it would be children always. Um, But I love other things and I love the families. Anywho, I'm kind of babbling. But if you want to get in touch for any reason, if you'd like a price list review or website, or apply for one of my free coaching sessions on creating the business of your dreams. I have about five available in the next four weeks. So feel free to set up a a quick chat. All right. So here I go. (laughs) In my years and years of photographing kids and families, I learned both my experience taught me going to workshops, seminars, conventions, reading, uh, and just hanging out with other photographers has taught me so many things. And so I'm going to pass on what I what I can think of and feel free to ask me about more anytime. All right. And I just know that for some of you, there's going to be like, boom, some ideas here that make all the difference and make everything easier. First of all, something I shared in the last episode is the importance of having backup equipment. I have been on shoots where something jammed up and it might have just been a simple, simple thing, user error, like maybe I just needed to take the lens off and put it on again, but I couldn't get my camera to work and there's all these people waiting for me. And so to be able to reach in and grab my other setup save the day. Also, because I bring a a couple of cameras, I shoot with both of them. My main lens is that on a full frame camera is the 24 to 105 F4. I love to be able to zoom in to a regular portrait focal length, which is about 100, uh, zoom back to medium, and then go back to some wide to get more scenery without having to move my camera. Um, I also work on a tripod primarily. And the reason besides the ability to shoot at a slower shutter speed, it makes head swaps really easy. And I get better expressions, first of all, when I can focus in on what's going on. And when I'm looking through the camera, I don't see as much. But having both eyes in focus helps me compose better. And then when the clients and the kids especially can see Aunt Lucy's face, I get better expressions from them. 
And also, carrying camera equipment is hard on our bodies. And so with a tripod, you're, you've got your hands free. Um, oh, and that's another reason. Uh, but first of all, your hands are free, so you're not putting as much wear and tear on your joints and your hands and your knees and your hips and all that stuff. But also, I have the freedom to use toys. When I go on sessions, I have a toy bag. Um, some of my favorites are are just a, a wiffle ball. We play a little like, how long will the ball stay on my head game? And my assistant, which that's another tip. I always bring an assistant for many reasons. But I have her put her finger through the ball and stand kind of sneakily and hold the ball up on my head. And that gets their attention. I, I carry little white and beige stuffed teddy bears and bunnies, both to get their attention. Sometimes kids' hands are waving around. So I'll put them in their hands and they'll cuddle them. Um, I have things that squeak. Dog toys are great. I do not have brightly colored toys. It needs to not distract. Years ago, I had a Barney puppet. And of course, the kids wanted to hold Barney. And a big purple stuffed animal doesn't usually go with the scenes that I've set and the clothing and all of that. Um, same with them. Um, I had a big bird. And, you know, it would squeak and they all wanted the big bird. So finding simple, neutral toys is great. Okay, Whew, that was a lot. Um, so, oh, the other lens that I like when I'm working is the 70 to 200 full frame. And I use the F4 for a couple reasons. I didn't see the need to spend thousands of dollars extra. And the F2.8 is very, very heavy. And I find that F4 for basic family portraits and children is just fine. Uh, if I was doing more single kids where I wanted the background creamy, maybe I'd consider a third camera body just for those. But I like to keep it light and simple and both of those lenses are super sharp. And if I've got one on each camera, I don't have to change lenses. Always the L series. You know, you want the top quality when you can. All right. So one of the things I do to help everything go smoothly, uh, besides the aspect of booking a client and and um, making suggestions for purchasing wall portraits and such, I always have a consultation, even if it's a client I know and that we've worked together before. We have another consultation so I can go through my list of tips. And advanced planning solves so much that could lead to tears later. In addition to going over pricing and other information, getting to know them, getting them to know and like me and trust me and become that trusted advisor. I go over policies and strategies. So I give them clothing guidelines. And I would say a big part of why I have great sales is that the clothing is very simple and neutral. 
long sleeves or at least cover the elbows and long pants unless a child is four or younger. And in simple colors that coordinate with each other and coordinate with their home. Try to avoid prints, patterns, or all the way from black to white. It doesn't have to be a white shirt and blue jeans, <laughs> although for some people that's perfect. Um, so we go over that and I'm open to having them take pictures and get my advice as they're preparing their clothing. Sometimes I suggest if they're not sure, uh, depending on the location, that they put put things in their car and let me coordinate shirts and so forth and tops and jackets. All right. Um, and then I give them tips for happy children. So I plan at least two hours. I don't have a time limit because I'm working until I've done everything I can think of to create more and more combinations. That's how I manage to often sell seven wall portraits at a session is that we've got a lot of variety. Another reason I like my Zoom lenses is I can create variety very quickly. So I have them prepare. Number one is to bring snacks, but secret snacks. They don't know because if they know there's sandwiches or cheese and crackers, certain kinds of fruit, colorless juice right off the bat, they want that. And it's a distraction. And then it's not available later. When kids get a little tired or fussy, we take a break and they have a little energy boost. So that has saved so many sessions to have that little that little opportunity. And I remind them, candy is not an appropriate snack. Uh, lifesavers. Sometimes, one time somebody brought a pack of lifesavers as a snack. That doesn't really accomplish what I'm looking for. Um, and of course, they want to bring extra diapers, uh, sweaters, blankets to keep kids especially comfortable. Uh, what else? I also recommend they have a low activity day the day before, if possible. So if they're going to be in town for a short time or some family members, that they save that trip to the zoo till the day after. Because tired subjects are impatient. It shows in their eyes. Also, I encourage them not to have any alcohol because that also uh, makes people a little droopy and not as responsive, you know, even a little bit. I suggest to my clients <laughs> that kids are often really bratty on picture day because mom and dad are stressed getting everything ready, hair in good shape, makeup, clothing iron, get to the location on time. And and kids respond to that. The, the calmer parents can be and the less apt to get annoyed at kids acting up, the better the session will go. Um, I've often said, if your child does something that absolutely needs to be acknowledged and maybe have a consequence before we get to the session, save it for later because I'm trying to get those kids to smile and have a good time. And if they've been in trouble on the way, it's hard to get that. So Aunt Lucy says, save it for later. 
if at all. Also, don't use the word smile. People cannot hold an expression that's natural for a full, like when people go one, two, three. Okay, smile. One, two, three. Smiles get weird. So I have words and things that I use. One of them is just the word yes. When someone says yes, their eyes often respond um, because it's a feeling word. So that one helps a lot. And also it's, it's like cheese, but cheese doesn't make your eyes sparkle, even though I'm ready for a cheese sandwich right now. Um, so yes is a good word. Another one that works is the word monkey. Monkey, just the word. I don't know. It tickles people. And then if it doesn't quite, then I start making monkey noises. So those are some of my tips I go over with clients and um, I'm always adding more. All right. So I told you, bring an assistant, um, good toys and bad toys, tripods. Okay. And I always plan to arrive and have my clients arrive earlier than I need them so that if they're late, I still have light left. Or if I get a little late for some reason, one time I was driving up into the mountains and I planned a lot of extra time, good thing, because I ran out of gas. And because I was halfway between two towns, it took a half hour for AAA to come. Um, and that's another tip is always have AAA. Uh, it's, I've had roadside service with my Subaru when it was new and they are slow as molasses, but AAA is not very much money and can save the day so often. All right. If I'm working at the beach and I'm here in California and we have lots of beaches, I start a little bit more than two hours before sunset. My reason is sometimes the light is great right at first. And then we get this marine layer that rolls in. And because I love using available light when possible. I just hate when there's just that gray overcast and there's no light in the eyes that the sun is, what light there is, is just coming from everywhere. And then I have to pull out some strobes and things and I'm not fond of that. Sometimes that's great light. The sweet light is at the end. So I let my clients know we're going to be hanging out. Tell your Kids and family, we're going to be hanging out here for a while. And that's why snacks are a good thing too. that come later, not right at first, um, because I'm waiting for that stretch of time when the light is perfect. And I also let them know we're going to probably be working till after the sun goes down, because now with digital photography, I can get quite a bit of beautiful light after the sun goes down. Um, the beach, of course, people need to be prepared that it might be windy, it might be cold, they're not going to have perfect hair and and that they need to be prepared for that. All right, what else? Um, one of the things I do at the beginning, and it's especially necessary with a big family group, but parents and kids, I, I do this as well. I have a little talk with them. I say, okay, I need everyone's attention. When I'm working, it's very important 
that you don't look at your children or any of the children to see if they're being good. Because if you're looking down, right when that child gives me the great expression, then you weren't good. <laughs> I joke around about that. But I tell him, your job, unless I instruct you, like to take a finger out of a mouth or hand a baby the the bunny, is to keep getting as natural of an expression and keeping yourself in the pose and looking at the camera or looking at the the waves or wherever I'm guiding you to focus. Being a family photographer, especially with big groups, is like being an orchestra conductor. And we need ways to get everyone's attention. So um, because I find that images where people are looking at the camera or that I've designed in a way that maybe I can let them be a little candid, but I've also put them in a plane, you know, put them so that they're not all scattered everywhere, that they need to be following my leadership. And so I establish that in a friendly way right at first. Also, I ask them, another tip, what is most important? If if the very best were of only two combinations, what would those be? So if it's a whole family, then I make sure that I get with big groups, it might be two poses in two locations um, with some variations. With a family, I might do three. If it's the kids alone next, then I do two or three on those. And then I do all the other breakout groups and everything I can to give variety. What else? All right, a couple of posing tips. This is posing 1A, but it is something we all need to learn. So even if you can't see their feet, have people stand on their back foot, all their weight on their back foot, and point their front foot towards the camera, towards me. So sitting back, so show you like, here's flat-footed, here's what I'm talking about if you're watching the video. Another thing with posing is if somebody shows up with clothing that is distracting from the group, put them in the back, put them on the side. Uh, of course, now with digital, we can, if something's super bright, you can you can desaturate it a little. There's ways that you can improve it, but you don't want to put them right in the middle. Also, if someone is thin, it's good to have them more straight to the camera. If someone's a little bigger, uh, besides turning them with their weight on the back foot, is if you put somebody else in front of them about like covering their shoulder and maybe just a little bit of, you know, past the armpit, then it balances people out. Uh, let's see. Okay, there's this thing called the Hollywood Walk. I did not invent it, but one of the things I love is to take a portrait where it looks like people are walking together and having a good time. So I have them stand with their feet together and then they take one step forward and just like they're taking a natural step and lift their heel and then rock back and step on the back foot, lift their toe. And as they're doing this, I'll have them freeze and then rock back and freeze and then rock forward and look at each other 
and rock back and look at me. And so I get these nice images that are in focus with good expressions that um, that look really natural. Those are often the wall portraits. All right. Um, this is a much longer conversation, but the more you can understand, I mean, this is a whole class I can give on photographing children, their stages and ages and such. But the more you understand as a photographer, what you can and can't expect from a child at different ages, the easier the session will go, the more you can calm the parents, the the more you don't go home and think, oh, that child was such a brat. They're terrible parents, which you would never do, right? Uh, but I, some people have. Um, but if you know, well, it's a two-year-old, they're just doing their job. They understand so much, but they can't communicate. So the only way they can get their needs met is through their actions. Also with a toddler, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but toddlers are supposed to be practicing no. And so my trick with them is I don't let them know what I want. Because if they know and they are in the mood to be no on everything, then I'm doomed. So I'm um, going to go just a little quickly through through the stages. Uh, so the first stage is birth, of course. I mean, yes, maternity, but that's it's easy to control that. <laughs> okay, so birth to about two, two and a half months before their neck is strong and their eye contact, it gets clearer and clearer. But while they're still a little loose, and can be in arms, on shoulders, in, I make this little cloud with a beanbag chair, um, certain ages, of course, if you can get them to sleep, you can do all those pretty things and wrap them and such. Then the next stage, about three months to six, they're kind of an in-between, where you can get them on their belly doing push-ups, and maybe on their back, playing with their toes. Um, definitely parents can hold them. Um, when they hold them, they're going to be more wiggly and push away. So you're not going to get as cuddly of portraits as you might get with a two-month-old. Then to me, the favorite age is seven to 10-month-old. That's when they're sitting up by themselves. Most children, if they're, you know, um, in their correct, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, there are kids that are preemie and they'll get to these stages a little later or some special needs kids. But generally, they sit up solidly about seven, seven and a half months. And until they're walking or just about to walk, they're very cooperative. You can change their clothes as long as they're dry, fed, entertained, comfortable, rested, healthy, they're, they're cooperative um, and so much fun and so cute. Then we get in the toddler, which to me is from just about a year to about three. And this is where they understand things. But as I've already said, they are a little 
a little more difficult, so cute, so fun. Um, so we have to, in the old days, we'd say eat our Wheaties to work with toddlers. My trick with them is when I can, I will elevate them. Like I would not put them in a chair that they can stand up and run away. I put them in a stool and have the mom get them secure. And then I get their attention. And then the mom steps back uh, to get out of the picture with her hands available in case that child says, I'm getting down anyway. But normally they'll look down, realize it's far, and then they'll stay right there. And if I get their attention, you won't get that panicked look in their eye, but but it happens quick. Okay, then I love working with three and a half to five-year-olds. Uh, they're just so enchanted and enchanting. And then there's the the pre, uh, the school-age kids, with their, which are fun because you can talk to them about their interests and they still think adults are great. And then we get in our preteen where they're needing validation, but at the same time, they're starting to get rebellious a little because they're starting to focus on getting attention from their peers. And then high school, of course, and then, you know, we go on from there. So knowing those things uh, and planning, like if there's a 14-month-old child and the mom has five outfits, I say, what's the most important one? what would be the one after, and so forth. And I prep them to know what to expect, which that's another of my hot tips is to communicate as much as I can so people know what to expect. All right. Um, one of the things, and then we're just about done here, and it's my lunch time. Um, when we're designing portraits, we want the heads not to be in a row unless you're doing particularly, you know, a certain style. But we want them staggered, but we don't want like a full head size of space between. So um, Drake Buseth, he is fabulous photographer and he teaches family portrait posing. And he's also a musician. And one day he realized he poses people as if it's a musical score. And I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. I think that's, that's you know, of course, I've got another 39 years worth of tips to share on all of that. But I think that's it for now. So just remember, you can watch this on YouTube if you're listening. And a bunch of my other shows are there as well. Of course, you can listen on all the platforms if you're watching this on YouTube and just know that I'm like your biggest cheerleader in your corner, seeing your success, visualizing it uh, and sending out love and all the things. <laughs> so that's it for now. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.